0: Coming up, we've got a huge Monday show. We're talking XR, the Outlaws, the All-Stars, Anthony Macri, Justin Grant, and a whole lot more. Let's go. Today is Monday, April uh, April 25th, excuse me, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to today, so we'll just dive right into it here. Down in Florida at Alltech Raceway, the XR Super Series gave away a bunch more cash this weekend at the Florida Dirt Nationals. Friday night, it was Tim McCready taking home the $25,000 feature win over Kyle Strickler and Kyle Bronson. McCready drove up from 10th, taking the lead from Brandon Overton, who actually ended up 4th on the night. But the Lucas Lane Models back to racing this coming weekend at Tri City and Make, and I really wonder if this will give T-Mac a little momentum as he tries to that uh, to defend that championship. Uh, right now, he's basically in a battle with Tyler Erb. I know he hasn't been super thrilled with his team's performances so far this season, but that twenty-five thousand dollars should ease things just a little bit. On Saturday night, with another $50,000 payout on the line, it was all Jonathan Davenport out front. He started second and handled the field for his first victory of the season. It's almost hard to believe, but it was Superman's first win since the XR show at Las Vegas in November of 2021. Behind him, Strickler and Overton rounded out the podium. Davenport will continue chasing the big money this week, as will quite a few of the other late model heavy hitters. We've got flow racing shows at Eldora uh, and Brownstown on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, And and then a lot of those guys are going to the Outlaw show at Bristol this weekend. A hat tip to Kyle Strickler for those two second place finishes over the weekend. We haven't talked about him a whole lot lately, so it's nice to see him with some speed. As for Kyle Larson, it was a bit of a rough weekend. uh, We talked on Friday about him dominating at Alltech in 2021, but that wasn't the case this weekend. He finished 6th on Friday after starting 13th, and he ran in the top 10 on Saturday before getting a flat tire late and finishing 17th. I do think it's funny, though, how our expectations of Larson have become so high that when he isn't winning every damn race, he's off or there's something wrong with him. I've got regular uh, commenter JD he he comments all the time. He pointed out on Friday that Larson has only the one cup win so far this year and one sprint car win. But I do think everyone on dirt has stepped their game up and I think the Longhorn guys have struggled a bit uh, to kind of adapt to some of the rule changes in the late model world this year. And I think in cup the next gen car has definitely late, uh, leveled the playing field just a bit. So there are definitely other factors at work here, and maybe it's not so much about Larson as it is about some of the competition and some of the equipment he's in. Not that he's in bad equipment, but that things are just uh, not as easy as they've been in the past. And it doesn't change the fact that Larson is still a threat no matter where he goes. As for the uh, the rest of the late model community, we'll start to see that separation this weekend between the two national tours as Lucas and the Outlaws are scheduled against each other. So we should see Devin Moran and Brandon Shepard fall down the Lucas standings, and Hudson O'Neill fall down the Outlaw points. The XR season continues in a few weeks at Charlotte. And speaking of the Outlaws, the World of Outlaws late models took on Atomic Speedway over the weekend, and the story has to be the down and then up couple of days for Brandon Shepard and Rocket Racing. On Friday night, they battled with Tyler Herb for most of the feature before settling for second. But the good finish was wiped out when Shepard and the one-car were DQ'd in post-race inspection for failing the droop check. The team actually tweeted that they failed by a full inch and it was caused by a shock change they made before the feature. I don't think it's a really common occurrence for a team to really publicly comment on something like this, even though... and even seeing them take the blame for this move is uh, something you don't often see. Unfortunately, though, that DQ meant the team took a pretty big hit in the World of Outlaw's standings and fell even uh, even further behind leader Dennis Herb Jr. On Saturday night, though, they began the climb out of the hole, leading the most laps and taking their first series win of the season. Kyle Hammer, Devin Moran, and Max Blair all led laps in that feature, but Shepard took over on lap 17 and held off Dennis Herb down the stretch to earn the victory. The win for b Shep now ties him with Josh Richards for the most World of Outlaws late model series wins all time with 78. We've been waiting on this one for a a little while here. With as much of a struggle as 2022 has been for Richards and his Boom Briggs-owned ride, Sheppy shouldn't have a problem taking the lead this season for most wins ever with the Outlaws. So with 10 features now complete, Dennis Erb leads Max Blair by 44 points with Shepard third 66 back. Tanner English and Hudson O'Neill complete the top five. At about two points per position, Shepard definitely has some work to do in the coming weeks to chase down Blair and Herb. It won't be easy though as Blair now has five straight top six finishes and Herb has only finished outside the top ten one time this season back on night two of dirt car nationals at Volusia. We can actually get a decent points battle here with the Outlaws if Blair and Herb can maintain this pace. The late models are in action this weekend with a World of Outlaws Sprint Cars at Bristol. And the same word about those sprint cars were at Hobstott on Saturday night after losing the Friday show at Tri-City Terrain. Hobsdott always seems to put on good racing, and Saturday night was no exception. Brad Sweet led through halfway from the second starting spot, but things were wild out front, especially when the leaders got into lap traffic. You could have thrown a blanket over the top four with Sweet, James McFadden, Carson Macedo, and Sheldon Hoddenshield all in the mix. Masito, who was the defending winner at the track, got to the lead on lap 24 with some pretty big moves through that traffic, I was definitely tensed up a few times watching that feature. We ended up losing McFadden from the battle when he was collected by spinning lap cars. The KO Motorsports teammates of Kyle Cummins and Jason McDougal got together and McFadden just had nowhere to go. Masito actually got a little damage from that incident when he tagged the spinning Brock Zierfoss and damaged his nose wing. The contact didn't slow him down, though, as Macedo was able to keep Sweet and Sheldon at bay through the closing laps. It was Macedo's third straight Hobstock win and his fourth win already of 2022. Uh, Similar feels to last week at Peebley when he uh, had contact with the spinning car of Kerry Madsen as well. Uh, Macedo leads the series in wins so far through these first 15 races. Behind him, Sweet, Sheldon, Spencer Basin, and Logan Shuhart completed the top five in that race. With Sweet finishing second, Masito wasn't able to take a big chunk out of the points lead. He's still 44 back in second. David Gravel's sixth-place finish saw him lose a little ground to the top guys, and he's 56 back in third. Gravel doesn't seem to quite have the pace he did a few weeks ago, especially in qualifying. His last five-time trial performances are 13th at Vado, 12th at Devil's Bowl, 4th in his group at Lake Ozark, 21st at Peevely, and then he was 3rd at Hobsdott. He's now fallen behind both Jacob Allen and Brad Sweet in average qualifying position for the, uh, for the season, which is uncharacteristic for the driver who actually has the most Ward of Outlaws quick times over the last five seasons. Behind Gravel, Sheldon and McFadden complete the top five in the standings. Sweet extended his top 10 streak now to 14 straight races. With Bristol on tap for the weekend, we'll see if Gravel can repeat his weekend sweep from a year ago. Over to the All-Stars. They were in Pennsylvania this weekend for three shows. Uh, The Sprint Car Weekend, by the way, between the Outlaws and All-Stars and some of the other stuff that went on was just super good. Anthony Macri kicked off the weekend back on Thursday by winning at the Bloomsburg Fair. On Friday night at Williams Grove, he was going for his fifth straight win in a Sprint Car, but it wasn't meant to be. He was quick time in qualifying, but the dash bit him a bit, and he started fifth in the feature, and that's where he finished. Out front, it was all Brent Marks who started on the pole and was pretty much gone for the duration. He led all 30 laps to earn his first All-Star win of the year and fifth of his career. Lance DeWeese and Danny Dietrich rounded out the podium with points leader Tyler Courtney in fourth, I think. Fourth or fifth. Fortunately for Macri, though, that, uh, yeah, Sunshine was fourth. Macri with that fifth-place finish would end up being uh, his worst finish of the weekend, though. On Saturday at Pole Royal, he started sixth and ended up in a whale of a battle with track rival Logan Wagner. The two were throwing big slide jobs, they were working through lap traffic, Macri banging the boards, and poor Earl and Blake could hardly keep up on the call on flow racing. On the final lap, Macri blocked low into one to stop Wagner's slide job, and that was basically the race winning move. The two nearly collided and Wagner had to take evasive action, and that split the two apart enough for Macri to take the victory. Wagner came home second, Lance DeWis third, Ryan Smith fourth, and Mike Wagner completed the top five. And if that wasn't enough for Macri, he then rolled to Sealands Grove on Sunday and won again. It wasn't an All-Star show, but it was the sixth win in seven races for the Concrete Kid. What a stretch he's having right now. The All-Stars are now headed to Lernerville, Sharon, and Waynesfield this coming week, and with five races complete, Sunshine continues to be the points leader. Parker Price-Miller is second 22 back, with Bill Baylog, Zeb Wise, and Cap Henry completing the top five. Unfortunately, though, isn't it, it isn't all good news for the All-Stars. They did lose a race this week, the Thursday show at Bedford, because of the tire shortage. They did cite limited tire supply and a potentially low car count in that release. They do hope to reschedule that Bedford show for later in the year. Before we get into the closing stretches of today's show, I also wanted to talk about the USAC National Midget Weekend at Port City. It was their first time back in action since the season opener down in Florida back in February at Bubba Raceway Park. Justin Grant won Friday night to become the first driver to ever win the first three races of a USAC midget season. He topped Buddy Kofoid and Kaylee Bryce, and we'll get back to Grant here in a second. Saturday night, it was KKM versus CBI and Kofoid versus Moles. Buddy uh, finally took control right before halfway and led the final 28 laps en route to his second straight Saturday win at Port City. Moles was second and Grant hard charged to the final podium spot. Grant leaves the weekend with a short five-point advantage over Kofoid in the standings. Now back to Justin Grant. He won Friday night, but the way he got the lead was pretty unpopular. There was a caution called for an incident involving Taylor Reimer, and into the next corner, Grant threw a huge slider at race-long leader Chase McDermott. The two made big contact, and McDermott, uh, McDermott ended up tipped over and out of the race. He was obviously upset, and afterwards in victory lane, Grant was showered with booze from the Port City crowd. JG didn't really celebrate the win and he was apologetic in his post-race interview, telling Drake York that he felt terrible about what happened and that he was sorry. From my seat, it looked like a pretty crappy move from Grant, and while I'm guessing he wouldn't have meant to crash McDermott on purpose, the decision making in that moment with a yellow out was pretty suspect. Grant has been fast to start the season, but after what we've seen, I'm wondering where you guys stand on him right now. I don't really know how JG is viewed inside the non-wing community, but I have this idea that he at least was pretty highly regarded. His kind of that race for a living journeyman Im- uh, image always seemed pretty popular, at least on social media. But now in the span of a few weeks, he's been suspended by the Extreme Outlaw series for tire doping, had questions around him regarding the USAC tire stuff, and now this really bad slider on McDermott. Do you think that JG has tarnished his reputation in the last few weeks? Because I feel like he has. We hear complaints all the time about these, quote, kids that race and how they make bad moves. And then you see Timez talking about slider die, and now this from JG... It's hard to feel bad for these veteran guys when they aren't doing any better. Drop me a comment. Let me know where you are on Grant right now and how you view him after this pretty rough start to the season. In the win picks department, I had a banner Saturday, correctly picking all four winners with Macri, Macedo, Kofoid, and Shepard. The DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula had Grant on Friday night at Port City correct and Shepard on Saturday at Atomic. So for the first time this season, I have more correct picks than does the formula. I'm now 11 for 52 it's about 21 or 22 percent with the formula at 10 for 52 about 19 percent. we'll see if i can continue my good fortunes this week other weekend open wheel winners included recent conversations guest chase briscoe with the uscs on saturday night at the talladega short track cole macedo won the friday night show at attica aj flick took the 410 win at lernerville cole duncan won saturday at atomic scotty Thiel won the ira opener at beaverdam greg wilson won at fremont Trey Starks was a 360 winner at Grace Harbor. Ryan Bernal took the Sprint Car Challenge Tour win at Merced. Damian Gardner won yet again with the CRA at Mojave Valley. And Jamie Veal won the 410 show at Eastern Creek Down Under. Did you see that monsoon at Knoxville on Saturday night? They had just started the 360 feature and had a red flag for a couple of cars uh, turned over and turned one. While they were cleaning up the incident, the bottom fell out and halted the rest of the race. The trunk bar Twitter account had a wild video showing that torrential rain. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. If you haven't seen that, go find that today. They will make up the rest of the night and uh, Knoxville coming up soon. Other weekend late model winners included Johnny Scott and Peyton Looney with the MLRA at Lucas Oil Speedway. Carson Ferguson and Jaden Frame were weekend spring nationals winner. Zach Mitchell won the class show at Livonia in a fresh Longhorn chassis, and Max Blair won the season opener at West Virginia on Sunday for ten thousand dollars. The only thing on the streaming schedule today is Flow Racing 24 seven. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.